Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 13th of January 2019. I hope that everyone's recovering from their crazy, crazy commercialized Christmas period and ho- they call it happy holidays. It means nothing. What does happy holidays mean? Happy holidays. I mean, holidays themselves comes from the word holidays. And for most folk in the West now, that's kind of taboo. And they've been trained as taboo because you can't have holy days. And so they haven't found another, another term for it, really. It's rather sad that it's so commercialized. But the whole system now is, is commerce, isn't it? It's like the movie Network, where the rants, awfully good rants go on about that particular movie, where they talk about the commercialized system and how corporations run the world and rule everything, and there are no nations anymore. It's all international corporations. And that's an old movie, of course, that dealt with a lot of the truth. And we certainly are living in it today. And it takes participation of the public to be deceived in the system that they're taught to believe in. That's the key. You're taught to believe in it. And you're taught to vote for it too. But you must participate in the cons that go on when you're told that they're creating a utopia for you and everything's going to be just wonderful. Sit back and relax, and the future. Back in the 70s, you know, I think it's 70s, maybe even earlier, they, had, they keep recycling the same articles over and over again in newspapers and in academia, where they had big, big newspaper articles of the coming future, of utopia, where it'd be a privilege to get a job to serve the public, because... With automation and so on, you wouldn't, most folk wouldn't need a job. And somehow money would be, again, the Burton Russell thing, disappear in your bank account from the state. But they didn't mention about how, how much control that would give the state over you, which is where we're going, of course, because money is an awfully powerful thing for controlling everybody, especially if you need it to pay off debts or your rent or anything else. So Russell said they can use it eventually to punish you if you don't go along with whatever social agenda is being pushed. But it's so true, isn't it? And in the 70s, they said, oh, we'd, we'd all be wearing, I don't know how they're going to manage this part, but like Ro- Roman togas, they'd always artists' renditions of people in Britain wearing togas and, and just floating along the countryside, you know, as if they're on air or something. This is the rubbish. No doubt our, our tax money funded all this rubbish. It always does. But this is what they gave us for the future. And how, how really you'd be bored stiff. And the most uh, important thing would be simply recreation to pass your time. That would be the big thing. But you'd have no worries at all. Everything would be taken care of for you. And uh, you just wear your togas. And I, I guess maybe they're going to maybe artificially create a different environment for you so you didn't freeze to death like I would be here, for instance, since, it, since last night the temperature. It hit about minus 32, um, yeah, my, but minus 30 actually, uh, centigrade, around minus 22 Fahrenheit, around, around that temperature. And that's pretty typical at nights here now. Has been since about October, <laughs> as winters get longer and longer. But anyway, I certainly won't be wearing a, a Roman toga outside. You'd have to chip it off me if I came inside. And probably chip me, my muscles too, to get them moving again. But the thing is, we live in such farce and fantasy, and we used to call it hogwash. Hogwash is an awfully good term for most of the stuff that's distouted today by your socialist-type system. Now, I gave talks years and years and years ago about the system, many times of how it changes, using facts, not just my opinion on things, but facts, and how 
you're trained to believe in a system which is the country generally that you live in or the area you live in. And they tried it even with the European Union. It didn't work too well because folk can't really identify with this mishmash of different cultures. All, you know, the cultures are different and independent as they should be, but you can't imagine them all being one particular people as they're trying to make it out to be. It just doesn't wash. And no one can manage a system better than the folk living in the area they're actually living in. Some remote organization or parliament or government cannot ever possibly, any more than ancient Rome could, govern a place far, far away better than the people living on it, because every area has different problems, different geography, climate, and everything else. So utopias tell not to work, even when they ram it down your throats and... You can tell always when they're on a roll in a socialist... Because all governmental systems become socialists. The bankers at the top, the big money boys that planned the world order, the Alfred Milner group, for instance, Lord Alfred Milner, and his whole group basically ran what was called the British Empire in the 1800s and expanded it too into the early 1900s, using it, they said, as as a form of, of governmental control over the planet. And the U.S. was to take it over and merge with them. And that's what they've been doing since really World War One, I suppose, really. Because Britain, by, by World War One was bankrupt many times over. And World War Two simply put the cap on it much quicker. But the reality is that the U.S. was to take it over. And don't ever get lost in this idea of countries dominating. There's a system on the planet here that will hop from country to country, whichever one suits them better at the moment. And they've done it so many times. Whichever one suits them best at the moment, they'll base it there. And remember, you don't even need a place anymore. London has always been one of the biggest places for international finance. Always. The U.S., of course, took that over with New York being the, the empire state, of course. They call it the empire, and people don't even ask what empire they're talking about. But it's, you know what empire is, it's rather obvious. And finances, and basing the World Bank there too, and all the other banks are involved with the World Bank, based inside the U.S., to dish out loans across the planet. And they use the U.S. Federal Reserve today as really a big bank, basically, lending out across the whole planet now. And just like the British taxpayers were, were put down as a guarantors to pay off debts of all kinds, the bankers in the U.S. do the same kind of thing, including the loans to, to, to different countries across the planet. So there's an elite group way above what we think of as nations. There's an elite group above what you think of as even patriotic uh, citizens. Now, remember that Carl Quigley said that when he was talking about this group that had existed so long that he worked for, in fact, a secretive group that governed countries and selected presidents and prime ministers for over 60 years, that was the 1960s, so you're looking at the late 1800s, the latter part, he's talking about that all leaders and all parties were members of this one organization. And he said we're often mistaken for the communists, because really the, the mission had a lot of socialistic implications, very similar to communism, and it's communism or socialism that the big boys really like, the socialist idea with governments elected, mind you, to keep the scam going, because the bankers love socialism. Every In socialism, everything becomes beginning... With, here, here's the thing, let's get down to be this. It's not difficult to understand, but it's a terminology, I was going to say earlier, 
that we're indoctrinated with that will stick with you. It makes it very hard for people to, to understand. They're looking at something, thinking it's the same, but it's actually changed. You can still salute your flag and hear the, the national anthems and go through the rituals that you have every so often. And yet the, the policies within your country could be 180 degrees in direction from where it was when they first founded your nation or that particular part or system in your nation. And you adapt and you adapt until you don't even know that you're 180 degrees from what it was all about. Most folk don't even know it's changed. But socialism couldn't take off so well in the West, especially in the U.S. They got around that quite simply by bringing in non-governmental organizations under charities, lots of charities. That's how you started off. And, and social programs that were voluntary to begin with through libraries, etc. And independent of government at the time. And then over time, the public get used to having libraries and social events put on by initially themselves and little committees to be voluntary. And then they have collections for it and all that kind of thing. But after two or three generations, they can start asking for, quietly, for, for little grants from the government to help them. Before you know it, it's run by governmental money. And then the leaders of these different programs start getting this, this semi semi-independent status as a kind of overseer or commissar over a particular little area of your culture or socialistic, whatever it happens to be. And then next thing you know, they're dictating to you with authority. And so you bring it in <laughs> in a very cleverly disguised fashion, always to do good, mind you. It's always put forward as doing good to help you. And after, as I say, after a generation or two, you, well, you, since you've always known this, this particular event every year, or whatever it happens to be, you, you, once you start getting cash to it, there's no big deal. It's kind of, it seems kind of normal to you. And that's how you set up a socialistic system across the board in multi-layered structures, including housing and everything. Uh, they really, at one time, were kind of voluntary things with, with voluntary committees, etc., to keep it separate from the public purse. And the big bankers love socialism because, because every agency of, of government, even down to your local government, will go cap in hand to borrow money and get used to spending more than they can take in, spending more than they can take in. And as long as the taxpayers put down, as the, as the guarantor to pay it off through taxes, the big boys are awfully, awfully happy. In fact, they, don't, they know that their compound interest structure is not meant ever to be paid off. You can't pay it off once you're into it. Remember, banks make their, their money off of interest. Off of interest. That's the key to it. So the more debt that is owed to a bank, the happier the bank happens to be. And that's why the big boys that run the global structure of the central banking system that they've enforced upon everybody is working so well for them. And as I say, money is such a... It's almost a mythical thing, in a sense, as far as what they say it is. When you look at what it actually is worth, your buying power, dropping your entire life, uh, you need more and more and more of these little notes or whatever, or even numbers these days, because they're worth less and less and less. And you don't even understand. Most folk don't, will never ask who decides what it's worth or how they even come to that conclusion of what they say it's worth. And yet they still think they're free. If total strangers that you'll never meet, and you don't even know most folk, don't even know they exist, in fact, decide what your currency is worth, 
You are on a tightrope your entire life without even knowing it. You don't know. But as I say, getting back to the, to the whole multi-governmental layered, it's multi-layered system, and when government even farms things out to agencies, so when you complain about the agency not doing its job right, the government will say, well, well there's an agency, you know, it's a different structure. You have to take it up with them. It's out of our hands. Whereas if they kept it within government, you could at least get to the politicians and throw tomatoes at them, as you always do, verbally or whatever, and they'd have to answer to it. But as long as it's agencies, it's easier for government to ignore you. Well, it's not our problems. You have to deal with them. That's what I'm saying. So it's just too easy to use time. I always think of that as a Denzel Washington movie. It was awfully good about a demon. <laughs> it was a good horror about a demon that could take over people and move from person to person just by touch. In the movie, Denzel Washington, who plays a cop, is in the police station, and, and this, this, this demon is now after him. And it comes, and you see, you'll see different people passing the table in front of Washington and singing, Time is on my side from, from the Rolling Stones. And it's a tribute to the devil and, honor, and so on. They're singing a line, and some per- somebody else would take it up as he passed. And the person who passed then would stop, and it would be passing on. It kept going back and forth, back and forth, different people. And uh, that's such a good, good example of how time can be used so, so perfectly, in a sense, to fool everybody. Just like a corporation, a corporation, like I say, or even a foundation. There are foundations that, that run thousands of non-governmental organizations today. They are still classed as tax-free charitable foundations with multi-billion dollars, some of them. And they finance big mass movements across the entire planet and think tanks and so on. They advise governments. You don't elect them. They're private. Most folk don't even know how they even are structured in their mind, how they work. And yet these, these big massive organizations can last 200 years or more with a set principle of heading towards this global government, whatever it happens to be, or a total governmental controlled system with specialists running the whole planet for 200 years or more. You don't vote for them, and they're constantly working. And countless generations are hired by them and trained by them and get paid well and go across the world as technocrats, implement things and retire, and other guys are brought on and so on. That's how it works. That's your system. Most of us are short-term thinkers. We can't think that far ahead. It's hard enough even making sure you can actually get to the following year, financially or any other way for that matter. The big foundations can plan centuries ahead if they want to. And when you have them all working together as one big consortium, running thousands of non-governmental organizations, openly advising governments... Not the public. There's no public input here. These are private organizations advising governments and all governmental departments. But the, the person at the bottom that v- does the voting, you're taught that this vote for the person, that's it. Once you've done your vote, that's it. Sit back for four or five years without knowing what's going on. And it keeps you all quiet, you see. But socialism is the key to it all. Socialism, remember, is scientific socialism. That's what it's called in the West. In fact, so was communism supposed to be scientific socialism, where experts could be way more efficient than leaving it to politicians that represent the public, because the public could never ever agree on anything, and they simply wouldn't vote or do things in their, in their best interest. 
whereas these experts would, you see. And so you're in scientific uh, socialism run by a a form of secular humanists. And secular humanism is religion itself, as was Marxism too, of course. It's a belief system. So, as I say, the big boys love that, that, this system. Constantly getting into worse and worse debt. Each time they bail you out, your currency drops like a stone in purchasing power. And then they tax you all the more for the, for the more and more, uh, for all the other so-called, so-called money that the governments are borrowing. Now, the, the big lenders to the planet don't want paper given back to them in return for things. They want real goods, tangible goods, or gold, diamonds, whatever it happens to be, or real estate. But all they really issue to, to the governments is the right to print cash. That's what they call a loan. What a, what a fantastic system, really, isn't it? They don't have to ship in any gold or anything into a nation like they used to at one time. They, they simply write out checks to give permission to whoever prints the thing up to print up the cash, and they bill your government for it. The government then has you down on the tab for paying off the interest and all, but it has to be paid off in real tangible assets. Not this paper nonsense or, or blips on the screen. Not bad at all. And that's why when you look at certain currencies, if you go abroad and you'll see, you go peso and lira and so on, and, and you, can go, you can pay like thousands of them just for a coffee. It sounds incredible, just for a coffee. But that's normal to them, and it'll be normal to us one day too. Look at the old movies and see what gasoline cost, say about 30 years ago. And look what the houses were, were bought for back in the 1950s when a lot of them were built in the cities like Toronto. And the, the houses were often built for about $5,000. 1940s, and a person back then could afford to, to pay off a mortgage pretty quickly for it, and often have a family, and his wife would look after the children at the time too. One person working, paying off a, a mortgage, got a car and so on, on a, a small salary. Well, actually, it was like, see, the dollar back then was worth a lot of money. You could live well, remember, in some countries with a couple of pounds a week in your pocket. You could eat well too. The currencies are constantly, constantly devalued through this thing called debt, which very few folk actually at the bottom ever understand or care about as long as they can still spend. I've gone through the whole thing with the bailouts the last time, where the Canadian banks were also, they were awfully good at keeping it quiet in Canada and lied initially too. Oh, we're fine. But the fact that all the top banks in Canada, all the big ones, were up to their, up to their eyes in massive debt when that uh, crash came. And it was the Federal Reserve, it was agreed in the US that the Federal Reserve would give special drawing rights to the top banks in Canada, just like they did in, in the States, and the special drawing rights to, to help uh, bail them out of that crisis. But it put the taxpayers in Canada down for huge interest uh, increases in, in the paybacks on behalf of their government for, through taxation. And it's not finished yet. Because I said at the time, and no one listens at the time, except the, and those, even those that are on the streets and who lose their homes don't listen at the time. They're too worried, that's why. <laughs> they don't listen to news. Once a crash comes, it, it's out of their hands. And like Curtis said, and others have said before too, uh, that there's a sense of apathy. I said, I gave talks about that back in 
the 90s, early 90s, I said that apathy is a creation of government. It's a tactic for control. And I knew that because I came from a country that had been soaked in apathy from at least, well, in, in my lifetime. They had price and, and wage freezes when I was a, a small. They had, they had, I think, three days of electricity going on for a while with, some, with the Labour government at the time, too. And uh, because there was a shortage of energy, they said, oh, my goodness. There was, was a country that was still on rationing up into the 1950s. They'd been rationing uh, right through World War II, 1939 onwards, into the 1950s. That was Great Britain, they called it. And again, too, you're, you're always, they even had articles in the newspapers right through the, and when the Beatles were going out of tighten your belts, you know, tighten your belts. And there's a common term used by the government as they increase taxes and everything. They put prices up, tighten your belts. And then the prices and wage freezes, they called it. The wages were definitely frozen. The prices weren't, as far as I can see. But the fact is, that was apathy. It created apathy. And the public got used to nothing but bad, bad news. And then during the 70s, they had tremendous... Unemployment as factories after factories were closing down. It was never disclosed to the public why they were closing down or, or the fact they were actually getting paid to move out the country. But literally for a few years in the 70s, that's all you heard daily on the news. Daily. And folk, I think Britain had the highest suicide rate in the whole of Europe then, and Scandinavia. One time it was Sweden that Britain overtook Scandinavia because of the unemployment. It was just no future. There's absolutely no fear. Margaret Thatcher, when she got in, by that time she got in, she actually said that. She says, there's a whole generation growing up now who'll never see work in their lifetime. Get used to it. That was a speech. Get used to it. Well, there's great future prospects for you. Because no matter how bad things get, you still have to pay for your basic existence of food, shelter, and clothing, and heat. You need that. So apathy was created. What did they do with apathy? They actually dish out. In comes the big, big drug cartels. And all through Scotland, it was just incredible. The amount of heroin that was pushed in there. Very quickly, too. Very quickly. And I don't care what they say. That's that's, That's part of the system of control. That's what it is. So apathy is a terrible thing. Now the government, when it's getting really up there into socialism, and you get pummeled with the idea that you're free, because sexual freedom now is called freedom. All freedom is sexual, apparently. And you can do all kind of weird things sexually, however you want to your fancy, uh, and now you're free. Now you're free. See, well, if you're starving, I don't care what you do sexually, you're still going to starve. So freedom is a lot more than sex. Obviously. An awful lot more than sex. And freedom is a little bit of a responsibility as well. Where you cannot allow governments to have all this authority over you. Or agencies or anything else for that matter. Over you. And if you can't have basic protection, if you won't stand up for yourself and basic protection for your basic rights. Basic rights. And I'm including civility and rights, by the way, because I've seen it personally not too long ago here. Where, where folk can just start screaming in your face when they have no right to do so. But they actually believe that you're now a peasant for different reasons. They'll believe that. 
And some countries people come from too, they actually have tremendous systems of talking down to people or screaming down to them. And so-called civilized countries in the West were supposedly civilized. You didn't talk to people like that. You, you had a certain modicum of civility and patience. And it's amazing how well things will function if you have that. Just amazing. The folk today are cracking up on, and, um, and losing patience. It's, and no doubt through all different kinds of reasons, but the fact is people are now, I call it this basic, basic abuse in a sense. Now you will have people who will always use the abuse technique for, for dominating someone else. You'll see it everywhere, in fact. And, and I remember there was a guy on radio for years and years and years who is probably still alive, actually, and he used to give talks on not being abused by people. And he even gave examples of going into restaurants and so on. And you, would get a, you might get a particular woman occasionally coming over who right off the bat would be very brusque. And a normal, decent person's attitude, when, you, when a person suddenly becomes brusque towards you, you'll, you'll back off thinking, what have I done to offend them? It's a technique that they use for, to control you. It's very common, actually. And how he wouldn't stand for it, even there at a restaurant. He wouldn't, and quite rightly, too. And most folk will cave in, oh, 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 you know. And I'll say, what do you want, you know? It's like, I don't have all day. That's, that's what they're saying, I don't have all day. And, and so you back off and you start cringing, you know, because normal, decent folk will do that. Well, you've got to stop doing that. You've got to stop doing it. Really. Because in a socialistic system, if you start caving in and walking backwards, when there's no negotiation left, which means there's no real rights or freedoms left, horror, there's only horror to look forward to. Ask the old Soviet Union. Ask the, the victims of the Bolsheviks when basic, decent, civil dialogue breaks down. Ask them where it ends up. And it always starts off with the attitude, the nasty attitude. That's where it starts. You can't let it go that way, folks. Can't do it. So, as I say, we live in a system that has been designed purposely. It didn't happen by itself. With all the, the multi-layered uh, facets of uh, socialism, which all the banks want, they prefer this system. Uh, a system that's not socialist wouldn't have all the borrowing rights and demands from these banks. You understand that? And having... The whole, na- whole planet basically getting bailouts from the World Bank and then run by the IMF that steps in like, like the big bailiffs do, deciding on, on what you're going to spend on health care and how much is going to go to the, to the people who owe your money to. That's not a, a, a that's re- you're really, this, this is a, a prison. This is a real prison of finance. And it's meant to be so. So that a tiny small clique can live so high on the hog that you can't even imagine how they live today. Then they bring their relatives in to, and give them jobs and blah, blah, blah. In a socialistic system, uh, you'd be surprised how many of the relatives end up getting jobs over, uh, where become agencies which are in fact, or were in fact, charitable institutions, but are now like agencies. It's astonishing. And always paid a lot of money. They don't believe in, in doing anything for, for the service to the people. They want big money. And big money is rather terrifying today. It really is. When I see some of the salaries these people get for nothing, really, then you really do realize that you're in the psychopathic era. 
because psychopaths have no problem with accepting dis- disgusting amounts of money to be in service, as they call it, to the public. It's such a farce. It's scary, actually. Scary. To me. And I don't think it's meant to go on forever, actually. And it won't be, because money's a joke to start with. Only the jokes are nice, especially when you can't eat. Or it's constantly devalued. And your prices are going up and up and up. It is, isn't it? It's on us. And there's no input from the public at all. You're not asked for any input on anything that matters, especially to do with taxation, or even to do with the multi-layered agencies for all these growing relatives that seem to take over the jobs everywhere, but being those who already rule. It's astonishing how big it is today. It really is. But nothing is ever as it seems to be. There are no self-made people like, like Bill Gates or the Facebook crew or anybody else. It's all planned way in advance as fronts. They're fronts, big front people. There's so many articles out even recently. They're always getting them since the day one, but even recently to do with the, with, with the, the control of, of Microsoft and how their system, and I knew this years ago, even before I, I touched the computer, the big authority systems that run the world wanted one system to be the kingpin so they can control all, obviously. And that's, that includes CIA and everything else. And Microsoft was the one that they basically pushed, it would seem. So nothing, as I say, is just self-made by itself. It doesn't happen. And social movements don't happen by themselves. They're all planned that way. They always have the same agendas. It's astonishing to me that when you meet um, people who suddenly become the big philanthropists, they all are completely on board with every part of the globalist, socialist agenda, the greening thing and the gender thing and every other thing out there. They're on board with it all. Isn't that amazing? Don't you think there should be some exceptions if you had a law of averages? Does that tell you something right there? A little secret to the system to go into the Milner Group that became the Royal Chief for International Affairs is that they were all, if, if you got on board with them and you were selected with, for the, the inner and outer party and the CFR is part of this group too today and the Royal Chief for International Affairs. It's all one group. If you were selected, you would be promoted to the top in whatever area you were selected to go into. Doors would just fly open and you would sail to the top even in the military, by the way. And you would have, you'd be like a technocrat. You have lots of things you had to accomplish. But you would be so incredibly rich with servants and all the rest of it, and chauffeur-driven cars. Every, in every country that you ended up going to and visiting, you had the life of a king, in a sense. Very real. And part of it, too, was this, this what they call public service. See, to them, they said, you'd be a public servant for, for the greatest cause on the planet, for this agenda. But you live to see like a king. And if you go up really up there high, like, like Cecil Rhodes, and he was selected too. And he wrote about being in, in cahoots with Lord Rothschild for this British Empire South Africa deal and Rhodesia. He left in his will. Most of the money was to go back to, to the Rothschilds. You must put your money back in to the same agenda for the next generation. And that's what the philanthropists do, you see. It's the same organization, if you haven't figured it out. And the philanthropies they're in, too, are all the same ones. 
there are, you you couldn't have somebody with I, I'll, I'll accept that and be on board with that but not that they're on board with them all always 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 because they must start putting money back in to the system that made them rich you see that's how it runs they're not self-made at all for those who don't quite know and haven't figured it out yet and the same thing with the CIA MI6 and many other special Spy agencies, intelligence agencies, they like to call themselves, across the whole planet. They have lots and lots and lots of big, real corporations that really manufacture things, and etc. But they're still part of the military-industrial complex, too, most of them. So nothing is quite as real as that. So as I'm saying, socialism can be forced upon the people in a way which is wonderful, isn't it? And that's what Aldous Huxley talked about too. He knew this. He knew what the agenda was. And he said the people could be taught to love their servitude step by step. You bring them to a stage where they'll love their servitude. Because they're constantly told they're free. They can, now they can take drugs galore, you know. Lots of sex. If you, if you get someone pregnant or someone gets pregnant, the state takes care of it. You get rid of that little wart, as they call it. And, and if they can treat your, your, your STDs. Then also, uh, yeah, if they can, because they can't treat them all, but they don't like to talk about that part, especially in the movies that promote it all. But most of the problems they'll deal with for you. Or if you want to have a child without, without having the, the dad live with you, or even have a dad living with you at all, you can have uh, artificial insemination, and you'll also have the states uh, financing you through university or something. It's, it's a, a utopia for certain agendas. But each part of these agendas must destroy the tradition. And that's the whole point of it. It's warfare, you understand. And the participants that go through at the bottom level don't even recognize it as such. It's really quite fascinating. So everyone comes to love their servitude. And if you get stressed out, well, just get your cheap drugs from your government, like in Canada here, and your, your liquor, liquor licensing bureaus that deal with it all. And they'll dish out your drugs and uh, go home and, and, and stare at the wall. You know? And that's freedom. That's your new freedom. And if that's too much for you, in a socialist system run by experts, and experts say, why, why waste money treating people for diseases when they're going to die anyway, or the older folk? Why not just help train them all to start take a pill early? They've had debates. out. I mentioned them years ago. Debates. Not really debates, actually. It's generally prof- selected professors coming out across the world all at the same time and getting airplay, right? In this free society, this happened, they always get airplay at the right time together, saying the same things. Well, what's wrong with, you know, if you get fed up living, why not just die or why not live? In Australia, they've got a guy coming out all the time and they give them lots of airplay who said, well, you know, they could, they could leave, they could just kill themselves off or retire and, and leave jobs for the younger people. You understand? This is, this is what the technocrats do. They float these people out there. Just with ideas to see if you can, and then check the, the chatter on the internet and so on to see how you're responding to it. They're like trial balloons. And they even have, a, have a different algorithms on everything voting, you name it, blah, 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 or opinion making or opinion setting uh, to find out why you won't go along with something, what's your objections, and then they find ways to get around that. It's, it's so quick and automatic, it's just astonishing. But that's the system we're living in. It's, it's, it's a really, it'll get to a horror show. And it will, honestly, become a horror show. So yeah, you've got, you're free, you have sex, 
any problems to do with sex that, that come out of sex will be dealt with by the state for you quite free of charge. It's always dumped on the whole population, mind you. Nothing is free. And STDs will be dealt with as best they can. And you just sit back and enjoy yourself. Be a perpetual child with no responsibility. And uh, it's all taken care of for you. But along with all of this comes the agenda. It just comes because you, then you must accept more and more and more control over your lives in different areas different fields. And then it'll come down to, and they're, they're floating that again, to voluntary sterilization. And also floating, uh, especially for men, because men are bad apparently and, and today, pills for men. Though, chemical sterilization, really. Quite something. And because society has been corrupted intentionally, with lots and lots of pornography, even mainstream TV they're watching all the time, is loaded with stuff. It's weaponized, weaponized, highly, highly weaponized. It's hardly a thing I'm sure you can watch today that doesn't have all the subliminals and all the messages in it too that you're supposed to parrot. And with the right kind of writing, with behaviors all working on the same plays and dramas and so on and movies, they can make you believe anything and cry at the wrong times when you shouldn't be crying at all. They can even make you feel guilty for something you've never done in the world of fiction as you're propagandized and indoctrinated. It's a perfect science. And this is what they call utopia. And there are people out there today that have been brought up with the expectations that socialism is, is, is great for them. They're younger. They're generally selected to, to with what, on higher salaries in the general population to be on talk shows on TV and things like that. And they think it's just wonderful. They, they don't know much, but they think it's all wonderful. Because to them, they can't imagine it ever being anything different than it is today, this very day. They can't imagine it. And they will be in for a big fright at the right time down the road. But to be taught and help, helping to teach children, just go and play right through adulthood, just keep playing. And that's what you're supposed to do. You'll come to love your servitude. It's all here. It really is. There's never been a time with so much entertainment dished out like you wouldn't believe. But all entertainment, as I say, is weaponized. The very fact you can soak a good chunk of your life away in entertainment and that in itself, even if it's all nice stuff to watch and good clean stuff to watch that wasn't damaging to your health. Watching way too much of it is still a good chunk of your life. I used to look at my parents watching TV. And apart from the fact a lot of people, it saved them from having to even converse with each other. That's a fact too. It was well understood from the beginning that would happen. But also to watch them laugh and look sad or serious at certain bits and laugh again. I thought this is happening across the whole country watching this thing at the same time. What a power that is, isn't it? Tremendous power. And it's not, it's not accidental. Now, you know, for instance, that I've, I've talked so many times about the fact that the sexualization of everything is a warfare technique of control and also to destroy family units and so on. And eventually that everything would be allowed. Pedophilia wouldn't exist as a, as a term because it would be allowed. And of course, it's being pushed right now, pushed, 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 bit by bit. You've had judges in different countries even ruling that if a young, a young girl, for instance, had sex with someone much older, though even though she was underage, then she was precocious and she knew what she was doing, yada, yada. There's been ones in, in even Latin America, well, publicized across the planet, where the, the verdict was that um, it was consensual because she knew what she was doing. How many people know what they're doing when they're 11 or 12? Or the repercussions they're going to have for their whole their lives, on anything for that matter. 
But again, it won't, it won't exist as a, as a, a wrong shortly. And full nudity and full sexual activity, I mentioned back in the 90s too, that yet that will become standard fare, definitely. And we've had instances of that already. So it's, it's here pretty well. But I also knew the absurdity of the weaponization affecting people would have some amazing consequences. Well, I was looking through a paper today and there was a, an article about a, a woman who had turned her husband into the police, or at least his laptop into the police. He's a doctor, and she'd found child pornography, a lot of it, on it. And it's apparently there's different categories, up to horrific, whatever that, how they grade it, I don't know how they grade it. And she, she turned it in to the police, and he got arrested. But the thing is, I think she said something like she was looking to, to play something on the computer, like Game of Thrones or something. Maybe get mixed up with stuff, but I think that's what it was, something like that. And regardless of what it actually was, but the fact is, the only thing I remember at Game of Thrones, because someone sent me a disc once, was uh, it was bizarre. But I could see it off the, off the cuff. I, th- I think it was a dwarfish guy, having you know what with a woman. And, and then different uh, angles of the same kind of thing with different people to get done. That was all I needed to know about it. But you understand what I'm saying here is, here's someone who's already through fiction, if this is the case, that is being contaminated, right? Who then turns in someone, who, her husband, who is contaminated with something along similar lines. Hmm? And so we're getting into degrees of what's wrong and what's right then, as, instead of saying that the, the, the whole voyeurism thing is wrong. See, everyone's been taught to be a voyeur. We used to, that used to be, that's a term you use for folk who watch other people having, having you know, doing that. But now it's standard fare for everybody to watch. So how do you how do you, how do you differentiate between degrees of standard fare or slight preferential change, changes? Because that's getting used now across the board. Now their preference is this and their preference is that. Right? Then the next group come out and use the same th- argument, and, and that's how they get what they want. Because everything becomes muddied. There's no real clear cut right or wrong anymore. And you can't even get the public ire up about something. Uh, they should discuss them. Make my rape. You understand, when you cannot protect children, your, your culture's finished. That's one of the, the signposts that's finished. But you can't go on protecting children if you become addicted to variations of similar stuff being shown as, as entertainment, for goodness sake. This is standard entertainment to pass your time, to pass your years away. Designed by experts. Hmm? Anyway, as I see, folk will do what they want. I'm not here to say that they won't or that they sh- they should be stopped. I'm just saying that for those who want to know what's going on in the world, you don't have to be like the rest. If you want to either regain your sanity or keep your sanity, you have to start looking after it, don't you? Like anything else. That's all. And don't go to pieces when you see the society collapsing around you, as it really is. There's organizations out there now getting pushed by big, massive marketing companies doing great big experiments on the public using the collective psychology and, and the bonding psychologies and, and using all types of entertainment mixed in with it. make a lot of money, by the way. And I'll put one up tonight. This one was in Australia. And you'll see the women there wearing hardly anything. And it was all set up by a big marketing strategist using, using psychological terminology 
to explain why they'll adapt to this and, and they'll fall for it and they'll go for it, basically. And how it's fulfilling a social need, etc., etc. And, and exploiting anxieties for people who who can't interact anymore and, and they feel that they're left out, basically. That's what they call it, I think, fear of, of being left out. Something like that. Or not participating. But it shows you where it's all going. As, as society has been broken, uh, a lot of the functions in society have been broken. The functions in the relationships of men and women and all the rest have been broken and, and still under an incredible attack. And of course, uh, there'll be even fewer children born. And that's part of the, 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 the strategy and, and the goal, actually, for those who control the planet. As all, everybody has fun. Nobody's having the children. So FOMO, FOMO is the term used, fear of missing out, all generated by marketers and psychologists. And the people fall for it and fall right into it. But anyway, I'll, I'll get on to some of the topics here because I've been prattling on too long. And it's not, when I prattle too, it's not a matter of, of complaining so much. It's a matter of just helping those who want to understand what's happening. That's all. If you understand what's happening, you don't have to be part of it. If you understand the whys, you might not fall into a lot of it. And you certainly can protect your mental health by understanding what's really going on. It's a good article to read too, the formal one I'll put up, because it shows you how easily led folk are when they think they're doing something different, but it's all, it's all being fabricated from they follow. Always is that way, mind you. Now we have other things happening too. Uh, one is, I want to put up some articles tonight about Clusters of cancers that are affecting, they show up in youngsters quicker actually. And there's some in the US, there's some in Australia, but clusters. And what's amazed me is to see that the, the playing around uh, the topic of the big corporations and even the local governments. All governments are in bed with corporations because they get lobbied and they get financial money to, they get money to, to run uh, for election and so on, all the politicians. So you always get the same thing. But uh, some of these children uh, are obviously being, being raised in areas where this highly toxic something in the area. Uh, one of them, I think, was um, to do with heavy, heavy pesticides. Another one was to do with wastes from a big corporation that makes uh, your big packing tapes and things. Very, very popular. Old corporation. But uh, when you get a whole bunch of children in the same years, uh, when they were, or they turn 18 and all get brain tumours, for instance, and something big's going on. And that should be... It's just astonishing that the folk have to fight and fight and fight. And it's, it's, it's all through society, from, from the severe things like this to even the lesser things like trying to find out what a local agency is doing in your area. That's how things are today. Everything's a fight, isn't it, in this corporate socialist system? But I'll put some links up on that. Another one, too, is interesting. So I, I, I find that some religious people can often have an insight because they, they meditate and, uh, about pondering the past and things that have happened to societies that, that, that either have disappeared or lived through things that we're living through in the past, the ancient past. And even though they say that things are never, don't just repeat themselves, I think as Mark Twain said, they, but they, they do tend to rhyme. In other words, the same cons go on too. But you'll find, there's one here, it says, the Antichrist will control mankind through gadgets and the internet as people fall into slavery, smartphones, warns leader of Russian Orthodox Church. And I've seen articles like this before for years, 
I remember too, there was a, I think it was Dr. Scott, his name was, used to be on the radio, Worldwide Radio, uh, and he died a few years ago. But he had good talks on on that too, and he was one of the first ones to use um, internet and computers in a big, big way to promote his own church, etc. And yeah, he's always screaming for money, like they all do, etc. But he did, he did say that uh, this whole satanic Luciferian system could not be brought into being without the computer. Uh, and it's so right too. Because everything that, that you would have to be, that would predict uh, control would have to be done through constant gathering of information on every single person and monitoring them all throughout their lives in the world. And that's pretty well where we are. We always think of horns and fires and brimstones, and that's why it's poo-pooed. But the fact is, the most evil thing can come in under the most pleasant guise. That's how it comes in. Because you never recognize it, that's why. It's an interesting little thing, and I always find these things are always food for thought in, in many, many different ways. And also, I like to put this one up too. Five eyes intelligence, that's the five agencies, the five countries, I should say, that are all connected together. They're all really connected. I, I think they're all complete, <laughs> almost all one corporation now with intelligence agencies. You cannot possibly keep things secret when, when you can't disbar anybody from any, any nation coming in and, and with right qualifications working their way up, becoming a citizen and getting into your, your intelligence agencies. Every country has obviously infiltrated and therefore they have to really be one. Of course they are, on a high level. You can't keep folk out. And this one here says that the, their intelligence chiefs reportedly agreed to limit the, the Huey's growth. That's a Chinese company, Huey. And uh, they're coming down on it. But it seems to be, really, it's just, it's just a battle between the big corporations to sell their own systems and have them dominate. I mean, it probably has got more to do that with anything. They're trying to say that they've been hacking using the Huey system. But I don't think there's any system that couldn't be hacked. That's just part of it too, isn't it? So it's only due to with domestic corporations wanting all the power, I suppose. And let's be honest, who cares which country is going to dominate ultimately because all our countries have our own agencies spying on all of us openly. So what does it matter? I have to look at these articles and shake my head like this one here. Since the turn of the century, there's been a marked increase in the share of students struggling with mental health issues in universities across the country. And although strides have been made in developing effective approaches to support students, they call it well-being. This is Scotland, of course. It says, um, we know we have to do better. Well, when everything that, that gave you reason and purpose by tradition has been destroyed, You'll have a problem with young people trying to find what, what life's all about and what the purpose of life is, because a lot of the purpose has been destroyed. It's like psychiatry. At one point, psychiatry used to think, well, if we just get everybody to be happy, there'll be no mental illness. It's like you just say, here's the happy pill, and now, you're, now that's it. Now you've got a, That would be your purpose, just be happy. There's more to life than this, this vague thing called happiness. Like it's something you switch on or off. That's fine for the old gadgets, like the old gato the chips you put in the brain, and through a, a little button you could press and create different stimuli inside someone's brain, like the Tavistock Institute, for instance, that's what they used there for a while. Uh, no, that's not happiness. Here they go again with all their, all their psychology, 
that's supposed to help. And the terminology in this is, is amaz- amazing to me. Everybody today in a socialist system talks like a bureaucrat with this, uh, 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 like, uh, or a corporate, is it a corporate bureaucrat, I suppose, using the same terminology like well-being and proactive and all this rubbish. Hmm? They can't just talk normally human to human. So it truly is an enhanced safety network and investing in well-being. Can they just be human and talk like humans? So you read this rubbish here, this whole, and the whole thing is the same thing. Proactive this, proactive that, but they can't say what they're going to actually do or even address the problems in the first place. That's the start of anything. Address the problem, acknowledge you got them, and acknowledge what what led to this particular problem. (laughs) That's a good start. It does help. Another thing, too, is the corruption across the world is from top to bottom in most countries, I'd say. Psychopaths know that they'll flood in and become the heads of the NGOs and become heads of corporations and heads of politics and government departments where the big money is. That's a psychopath, and they know where the cash is. They know it's corrupt, but they don't mind because they, they feed awfully well on it. And they keep telling you that they, they want to lock you up for saying it's corrupt, naturally. Six Mexican states are running short on gasoline, prompting frantic rush to the pumps. And why are they so short? You wouldn't believe the stuff is getting stolen, the gasoline racket. Well-organized crime, obviously. But um, it's said that they're, that they're trying to get more secure transportation methods, uh, but it's because it's all getting stolen. Tankers, tanker after tanker after tanker are getting stolen. This is normal there, apparently, they're saying. has been for a long time. Amazing. Amazing. What an article. I'll put it up for you, too. It says that over $500,000 a year, more theft in that area. That's what it was. More than 500000 than the previous 10 years. So it's $3 billion in stolen fuel per year they're getting. Boy, that's from, that takes a lot of cooperation from all different levels of... Governance, doesn't it? Including your police. Another article that shows you how they keep putting the same mantra. I'm sure it's just shoved out there to get the vaccinations going. Sydney measles alert. A, a measles alert. Man with deadly disease. Deadly disease, right? Caught from a Thai child visits popular bars and so on. Deadly disease? We all used to get that. It was no one. No one screamed and hollered about it. it wasn't it? Wasn't it? Wasn't deadly? Measles. They used to have measles parties. Some had measles at school. The parents would get together, bring the children in, and and the hope they'd all get the measles. A natural measles, not a synthetic virus thing created in the lab, but but the natural thing. And you'd have a lifelong immunity to it. So there you go. And uh, I don't think this one was, was a German measles. It's a different type that uh, was first recognized in Germany. The German type, that's different. That can affect a baby in the womb. But this is just normal measles as far as you can see. So, but they call it deadly disease. Quite something, eh? To terrify you. So it's childish propaganda, isn't it? Just be afraid, be afraid, get the injection. Get vaccination. Also, with Golan, the Golan Heights at stake, is saying here, Netanyahu Bolton, John Bolton set Trump straight on US-Syria withdrawal plan. That's quite uh, an article. It does some global research. So Bolton said to Trump, said his withdrawal from Syria has been put on hold again, naturally. I think it's all rhetoric myself, the whole pulling out in the first place. And Pacific trade deal spurs Canadian farm sales to Japan as the U.S. watches, it says here. 
It's a pity that the US Canadian farms couldn't sell cheaper meat to the Korean public so they could actually eat it in the country here. But that's just the way things are going, isn't it? And again, they're trying to get a meat tax on the go too. They're floating the idea to try to get because all you know, all the all these psychopaths are going to politics, and they are psychopaths. But they know where the wind's blowing. They'll jump and they'll say all the right things, all the quotes, blah blah blah, all all these slogans, and and they, they shove their virtue up. And if it was reversed tomorrow, they'd be, they'd be shouting reversed slogans. I guarantee you, that's what they. I don't have any time for these these people, these psychopaths. I really don't. And they don't give a darn about the countries or the damage they're doing. They're in there for all the wrong reasons. Also, it says here that um, 48,000 Brits are dead after the worst winter in 42 years. That was for the last year, I think it was. And it's not over yet, right? So for this year, it'll probably be worse. They're trying to hide a lot of the numbers now, but the folk are dying in their own homes. They can't afford... The, the fuel taxes and the, and the fuel itself, and they don't have the fuel credits, they call it now, too, as they get you into the real socialist system of rationing, folks. Don't forget your smart meters eventually to be used to ration electricity to you as well. Folk don't remember much, do they? They were short-term memory. Now, I hate prattling on so fast about these things, but what I'm saying is you're supposed to take this kind of stuff that I'm dishing out here as being all normal. Look around you and tell me how many times you're asked your opinion on anything that really matters by any agency that's got power. It never happens. Every agency out there is is designed to stop you altering anything. They don't want your input on anything at all. Not at all. Even, Even every agency, including government agencies now, have their public relations department and complaints department, who and they're trained there to, to say, oh, they're there, oh, don't, oh, my good, that's terrible, I won't look into that. I just had experience of that for a whole week, phoning every day to one of them to do with my mail. But that's, that's their job, you see. And each time you talk, you have to add another ticket to call it for a different problem because I've had two problems since the last one. I've never had to complain to them before about anything until this winter. Because now, with this recent uh, go-slow rotating strike they've had in the post office, and you couldn't even get the facts on that. Initially, I thought it was just parcels, but apparently it was letters too. And I'm posting off bills, and then finding out I've got late fees in them. And and they're taking over a month to get through these checks. Now, when when your government agencies, these are agencies, when they go down the tubes... A lot of other things are going down the tubes at the same time, obviously. That was a mark of a first world country, was efficiency for essential services. And you couldn't even get out of them when you phoned them up what the strike entailed. It was like sullen, angry, whatever. And then the talk was just parcels. Now you find out was letters too. So anybody out there who sent me letters and haven't received them yet, maybe they'll turn up. Who knows? Because that's where it starts to go to, isn't it? When things become later and later, you're saying, well, we'll ever get them. You don't know anymore. You just don't know. And they won't tell you. Because government agencies, now, they're not going to tell you anything. Someone apparently also, I was told by one supervisor, because I was given a notification of something received, 
to be picked up in the main post office in Sudbury in town. And try to get an answer. They couldn't find it on the computer. They had the number for the whole thing or whoever it was. It wasn't in, in the place it was supposed to be. And then eventually I got a, a supervisor after about the fifth call every day. You know, that is every, every day of the week. Who said it was for, for my keys from my box? And I said, I didn't order any keys for the box. And I was getting charged for them. I didn't you complain about it? I said, no, I didn't complain about anything like that. And, and as you, you've got problems with your key, I've got no problems with my box at all, you know. Well, somebody put it in. And then the next day, it's like getting gaslighted for, for when, when their, their system's kind of screwed up. The woman said, but you got a call from us telling us what was going to happen about your keys. And I said, no, I didn't. She said, no one called you to tell you we were going to get the key. I said, no. Well, they had it on their records that somebody called me. Well, who did they call? Are they trying to say that someone's impersonating me or something? Because I never ordered this. You see what I'm saying? Everything becomes a big mystery. And then when I phoned up yesterday, it was, oh, it's been resolved. I said, what, what, what happened? They won't tell you. Is everything classified here? So what is this? You see what I'm saying? Is it just a matter of too many chiefs, you see? Or or what? But definitely, you'll find that, that there's nothing out there to serve the public anymore. And that that's what comes across loud and clear. Sad that, isn't it? But that's what happens when you're going down the tubes. That's what it is. And... You're told you're free, you have lots of sex, and now you can get drugs dished out by and sold to you by the government with shareholders, their ex-police chiefs and all the rest of it. And you wonder why the youngsters need mental health treatment. Hmm. Well, sorry for letting off the steam, but it's not really letting off steam, as I say. It's just explaining what modern life is about. And hopefully, and I do, I get through to a lot of young people to stop bashing their heads against the wall. Whatever's wrong isn't their fault. They're not given... The purpose anymore What they're being given to is a lot of dysfunctional nonsense That'll help destroy a lot of them And when they understand that They might stop uh, drugging themselves to death Or drinking themselves to death Or at least blaming themselves And start protecting their minds It's awfully important In a weaponized system Of culture With experts running it all From myself, Alan Watt From a very cold Ontario Canada, this good night to me, your God or your God's go with you. <laughs>